Hey, Chris. Fancy talking to you. Hey, man. How's it going? It's been a long time. Yeah, a long time. Uh, it's pretty good. Enjoying my coffee think, in the morning still. I think it's almost been a year since the last time we did this. Yeah. Almost, I think. Was the was the last thing uh, on the Letters podcast, or was it on this one? I don't remember. No, no. We did this one, but we did it... We did it uh, the right before the pandemic hit. Like I think we did it in like uh, February, yeah. something like that. For people listening at home, you can go to joshandrob.com and search for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a search function. <laughs> I should. Easy. <laughs> yeah. Even when I hear my first attempt, right? I'm recording. <laughs> yeah, I still. See, hopefully, uh, this time it actually works out better. Let's see here. Yeah, Chris Castaneda. Boom. Swedish rock. That's right. We talked about Swedish no, rock. That's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Okay. And then the letters podcast is a little different than this show, but um, that was pretty good too. So recommend no, people check, check out both of those. <sighs> right. Yeah. So how is the pandemic treating you now? Um, How's Philly? Boy, it's, uh, it's weird. The... The thing I tell most people when they ask, how is Philly? I feel like, um, first of all, I'm predisposed to not like anything as much as Brooklyn because I lived in Brooklyn <laughs> for a long time <laughs> and that's what it does to people. But, um, the, the weird thing about pandemic and lockdown and all this stuff is that you move to a new place, but you don't have the opportunity to really get to know it. So there, you know, there are some caveats like, uh, there's this bakery down the street that we go to because it's just, you know, takeaway food. Um, so they've remained open and they're like super nice, independently owned. So usually I talk to the owner when I, I go get a couple of pastries and a coffee and, um, so that's kind of nice. It, we're kind of like regulars there. We'll we'll do that on the weekends usually, um, yeah. and I like being a regular. So it's kind of it's kind of a cool <laughs> feeling when you've got a certain spot that you just yeah you just show up and they're like oh hey how's it going, uh, you know. Um, so I've got that, but apart from that, like I haven't really been to any of the restaurants. I've done food delivery. Um, and I've walked around, so I've seen the, you know, all the cool, uh, tourist things like the Liberty Bell, yeah. Independence Hall, um, the first national bank and all these like cool old buildings, but right. I haven't been inside any of this stuff. So it's just kind of Phil- Philadelphia right. is just a facade so far. I've been here for six months, six or seven months now. Um, and so I've like walked around, but I haven't really been able to absorb it the way you normally would, you know, kind of go yeah. shopping, eating out, getting, getting to know the, the place, get the, the vibe, what, what different types of bars are there? I haven't been to any bars. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It, it's, it's interesting. I think Philadelphia is one of the, my favorite cities for like a day trip. So I used to drive down mm-hmm. maybe once or twice a year before I moved back to New York when I was still in Jersey. Nice. And, um, I think that the first time that I went was it was a school trip when I was in college and I was in the other department, you know, so they had one of our professors had a show in Philadelphia. They had an art show Oh, cool! and they decided to make it into this trip. So they basically took us 
took a bus down there. We stayed in a really nice hotel. I remember it was like the Marriott that is right by the market station. Oh, yeah. I There was um, is, uh, some sort of ball that they had for Mary's medical school there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, it's, it's a nice one. And the good thing about that is that you're right on top of that, the, the market where you're, you know, the, the famous Philly market. Mm-hmm. I forgot the actual name of it is, but that's where, you know, where you're supposed to, where you go, you see the movies, if you see National Treasure, that's where they go, the, the chasing scene. Oh, you think the, the Reading Terminal Market? Thank you. Okay. That's, 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 so that's a different hotel than the one I was thinking of. I was thinking of the one that's right in okay. the, the center. There's like a, like a roundabout mm-hmm. with the city hall in the middle. And there's a fancy hotel right next to that. Um, maybe that is the one. Maybe I'm confused because there's been so many. But maybe maybe we just walk to the market. They're all. I but, mean, it's very small, so everything's yeah. pretty close together. But yeah, I remember that. That was, that was my first experience. We we went to the hotel. And we arrived. We just spent the night, and then I, I remember that we just went out walking, and we went to like a bunch of different bars, and then they just basically told us, "You guys can do whatever you want." As long as you're up by nine in the morning to go to the show, do whatever you want. <laughs> so, I did, and I remember it was it was like right after I turned twenty one, so it was like the first time that I went out with oh like you know val- some type of like validation of like you know I don't I don't have to show fake ID or anything. I can actually legally get into these places, and um, so it was cool. And I remember having a whole garden, and I was like, <laughs> oh, this is the coolest thing, the best beer ever. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. Did, did it like, come in the big but, big mug? Yeah, exactly. And at the time, I, was, I, at the time I, 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 I thought it was like the best beer that I've ever had because it was even one of the first legal beers that I had. It's European. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, and then the next day, I remember scrambling to get cash because I didn't have any cash and the market only takes cash so I can get uh, one of the, you know, the classic cheesesteaks mm-hmm. at the market. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, whenever I've gone back to Philly, I usually go and do my two favorite things. I walk around the old side of the city, just literally just walk mm-hmm. around the old buildings, the old um, colonial era yeah. stuff. I don't even get into the buildings, like you said. Like I don't even get. Have a, uh, I don't have. I didn't go into Independence Hall. I didn't go into the actual museum for the Liberty Bell. Nothing like that. Just walk around the streets, mm-hmm. and I walk all the way down to the market, and then get a cheesesteak there. Nice. And the thing that I always forget, I always forget because I end up going to late and then running to the market, is that they close the market at like 6.30 in the afternoon. Oh. So I always forget that they close early and I end up like rushing to be able to get a cheesesteak. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I, um, so the old old city where all the those old buildings are, that's where I live, um, that mm-hmm. neighborhood. When we were apartment hunting, we were just on Zillow in Brooklyn again, mid pandemic plus. So you got, you know, your heavy coding of pandemic and quarantine. Um, and then on top of that, add the layer of the black lives matter marches. There were, this was at the peak. This was end of June, middle end of June peak marching where, most of the city streets were shut down. So like, even if I wanted to come and like tour an apartment with a broker, I wouldn't even be able to get there. So right. did a, a FaceTime tour with the landlord of the place. And I was like, yep, looks good. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I've never done that before. Uh, it's crazy. So we literally we're... saw the apartment for the first time when we yeah. met our moving truck on, on day one. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Was it 
did it, did it work out? I mean, was it a... Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of weird quirks about this place, uh, which I, I could get into. Like, all the, the weird custom wiring that clearly is DIY and, and some things don't work. <laughs> but the the size of the place feels huge compared to Brooklyn Apartment. And, like... I'm sure. Our bathroom has a room to itself. It's like not just the shower and the toilet. It's like there's space to walk around inside the bathroom. <laughs> Never had that before. <laughs> um, attached to our bedroom, we have a walk-in closet and um, right. huge, like a huge counter space for the uh, kitchen. Um, I am disappointed that we don't have gas. It's just electric appliances. Um, I got used to cooking on oh, gas, I see. but, yeah. um, yeah, so there's things like that, a little trade off, but, um, overall it's super charming. It's, it's large one and a half bedroom. So this half bedroom that the, the half that I'm in right now is this mm-hmm. small little thing that like, you could probably put a twin bed and a little, a little night table and you could have that be a bedroom, but this is my office and it's perfect size for an office. It actually feels kind of roomy. That's nice. Um, And all of this is cheaper than Brooklyn, of course. Well, that's that's exactly what happened when I first moved to New Jersey. You know, those years ago, it was just a space, you know, walk it into a walk-in closet, just moving around it, and then the whole bathroom. But uh, that's cool, I think. uh, Yeah, and um, being in the old city is is a plus, because I can't go into the places, but I can, like you said, just kind of walk around, stroll through the park and see the Liberty Bell say hi yeah. to, to Ben Franklin's grave and, and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting because now at any time that I go, I can't, I no longer, I can no longer explore Philadelphia from like the point of view of a regular person that goes to Philadelphia. If that makes sense. I can only see Philadelphia from the eyes of the national treasure movie. <laughs> I've never seen that actually. <laughs> So every time that I've gone is just literally recalling the moments in the movie. And I'm gonna I'm not gonna tell you what they are because now that you know you haven't seen it, so you should see it. All right, maybe I actually, should. It's, it's it's a silly, you know, Disney not that historically accurate. I think when it came out, movie. <laughs> I I like glanced at the trailer and I was like, mm, doesn't look very good. <laughs> it's fun. I okay. think it's really fun. I like I watch that movie anytime that movie's on TV. I watch it and I watch it on Netflix like plenty of times by mm-hmm. myself. Because I think it's really fun. It's just a really fun, it's a easy to follow movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's an adventure movie, and you know, it's it's Nicolas Cage actually has a good wig in it. <laughs> so <laughs> awesome. But yeah, so there's a bunch of like important mo- moments in the movie that happen in Philadelphia. So now, every time that I've gone, I'm just literally replaying those moments and kind of like, you know what, this is where he went next. So I kind of want to walk that way. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit like that now. <laughs> just can't 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 separate but you know them just the movie from the city mm-hmm. yeah but i haven't gone in a bit so i would like to at one point is is the market open no all that stuff no? shut down it's weird it's just big empty ghost town Jeez. yeah um they also it looks like they recently built or set up or whatever, uh, some new indoor markets, <clears throat> like some fancier looking ones, but those are also mm-hmm. all closed down. The, uh, and the building was open. So I walked through it and it felt like 
feel like I'm in one of those post-apocalyptic movies, like I Am Legend or whatever, where mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can just kind of go into this massive building, but no one is here. <laughs> like the door's unlocked. It's like, hmm, should I be here? And you can walk by all these like food stalls set up and, you know, they got like the menu up there. I'm like, ooh, that looks like good dumplings. Ooh, tacos. Used to be. <laughs> but there's no one in there. And then, yes, I just went, you know, cross to the other side and it's kind of a shortcut across the block but um yeah it looked nice so um and it seemed very new so it's it's like you know more more cool stuff to do right before this pandemic ha- happened and uh hopefully it clears up soon yeah i mean and next time you do your philly visit i can see you hey. <laughs> it's uh i think now i'm um, probably about an hour drive from it not not that bad mm-hmm. yeah it's not bad so for for a while we were going up to new york every weekend um because it's a two-hour drive not that bad Mm -hmm. and um but now uh mary's busier with school but um we'll go up maybe like once a month so she has like right she works in the hospitals for a month and then does a, a test at the end and then has like the weekend off. And so we'll go hit up our favorite shops where we used to live, the places where we were regulars, um, try to support the small businesses we knew and then right. drive back to Philly. <laughs> I mean, is there anything else? Cause you guys don't have any family around in New York, right? No. Right. Are your parents still in Mexico? Yeah, I was just talking to them the other day about the vaccine. I was like, when are you guys can get the vaccine? And they're like, hell if I know. <laughs> they, 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 there is a vaccine, I think, that Mexico has one. But um, they are not clear at all as to when it rolls out or who gets it. Mm-hmm. Their best guess is March. Um, me- right. Meanwhile, my mother-in-law in North Carolina... She is uh, signed up to get one, I think, next week. And oh. and Mary already got one. So, yeah. Right. Was she okay with it? Did she have any issues? Mm, her arm was pretty sore the day after. Um, right. Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> which, if I recall, is kind of how it goes with the flu shot. Um, I don't know. I think of it basically like a flu shot. And I didn't know a whole lot about the flu shot until Mary started medical school. I think like last year she was learning about vaccines and, um, a little side story about the flu shot is like the quote unquote flu shot. Really there's, you know, a dozen or so strains of flu, um, that go around each year. And the way it works is that the CDC convenes and they you know look at their research from the prior year and see of all the uh, flu cases which one was the most prominent last year and they also try and get some signals of like what's coming up this year and then they use that to inform which vaccine they create and then they create a new vaccine you know it's like let's say in 2019 you know they look at 2018's flu season and then they'll come up with, they'll create a brand new vaccine to address that strain. So in 2019, that most popular strain from last year won't take much of a foothold this year. Um, and that's kind of how it works from year to year. They just kind of like redo it. Um, so in a sense, they are inventing and delivering novel vaccines every year. And it seems odd to me how people are 
um, you know, extra concerned about this one. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I think it's just, there's so much attention on it. Of course, it's like the pressure is on, but in reality, like this is what they do every year with the flu shot. So, um, right. I mean, it required a lot more research because it's so different than the flu. Um, you know, it's a lot easier to make a flu vaccine because the the strains are not that different, so they can kind of carry over most of their old homework, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but still, it's like all of those every you know, if you hopefully people get the flu shot, um, you know, if you do, uh, that's you know, that's a novel <laughs> yeah. vaccine that they just created that year, you know, and um, and the worst that <laughs> happens is you get a sore arm for a little bit, yeah. I never really had an issue with that, but I was talking to, I was talking to a friend of mine who's also in a health professional and she got it. And she said, yeah, that the only, I mean, she wasn't, she was like, Oh, I'm not looking forward to getting the second dose. I was like, Oh, what happened? He's like, no, my arm just got really sore. I was like, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and the second dose I hear is a little bit harder. So maybe you'll get extra sore. Um, I heard, how, um, how is it harder? Like thicker? Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea really. Um, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put out misinformation based on my guesses, but I've just heard that, um, you know, whatever you felt the first time around, you're going to feel maybe twice the next time around. And, um, but Hey, then you'll be fucking immune to COVID. So trade off. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You're not going to die. (laughs) How, uh, um, like your, your parents have been, how, how's, how have they been affected down there they um so they've been san miguel de allende which is um for people who don't know i went on like this little tour back in high school i mean i've been to mexico a lot of times but there's this one trip we had in my spanish class mm-hmm. where we um we went to started in mexico city and then kind of made our way down to like guadalajara guanajuato um, stopped in San Miguel de Allende and checked out like their pottery and stuff. And we went on down to the coast and all this. Um, but in San Miguel de Allende, I remember it was like this super quiet, peaceful, charming little town. Um, and they have like a bunch of little, little storefronts with unique pottery that people do a lot of handmade, like artisan work. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just looked so just, I don't know, serene. And I thought this would be a great place to retire. And then, um, apparently it is a very popular place to retire. So, um, a lot of, a lot of expats, a lot of white people go down there to retire. And, um, my parents live in this, it's not a retirement community in a Florida sense, but it is Mm -hmm. like, it's like a neighborhood one of those gated neighborhoods, you know, where they've got like a little yeah. guard up at the front. Um, and most, there are some Mexican families in there, but most of the people are from Canada or Mexico or, or sorry, Canada, the U S or Europe. And, um, so that's kind of like the type of environment that they're in. Um, and in terms of COVID, it has, it's it hasn't changed them a whole lot because you know they typically stay home anyway but they do a lot of like little excursions they'll um go on weekend trips uh yeah. or whatever and they just can't do that anymore um a couple of people in the community have tested positive for it 
and it's kind of like a big yeah. scary like oh shit let's right, all yeah. lock everything down and then like they'll test again and it's negative and then it's like okay false alarm we can all go back out again <laughs> and i uh i get kind of i don't know if my mom is gonna listen to this probably not but you know <laughs> i do I only worry, you know, because I'm their son, but like I get kind of irritated that they have their friends over and right. um, everyone seems to be on a spectrum with behavior through this virus and like, I, I don't know. It's there, 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 it's like, it's like this gray area of like, well, this person doesn't go anywhere else. And, you know, right. so they're not really exposing themselves. They're not taking any risks. So they're probably safe and they seem healthy and, you know, they'll have like dinner together or whatever. Um, I tell them not to, but. <laughs> That's the <laughs> thing though. I think like every, everyone kind of feels that way. Everyone has that kind of like, oh yeah, I'm only, I'm only in contact with this group of people that I know are not doing anything, but they also are in contact with other group of people that I think are not doing anything. Yeah, exactly. And then it gets a little flexible. And I, I don't know if there's a word for this, but I, I think of it as like a, like a familial bias or like a mm-hmm. friend bias where, yeah. where yeah. you think you're, you're more likely to get it from a stranger, but when you are emotionally right. close to someone, you're, you're like, well, because I can trust this person, they're also biologically safe somehow, <laughs> which is, you know, it's, it's not the case. There's no guarantees. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I don't know. Like, like Mary, you know, is probably the yeah. highest risk going to a hospital and coming home to me every night, but there's not much I can do about that. Yeah. I can imagine that. I think I've been like incredibly paranoid this whole time. Like I think I've been tested like six times. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know a lot of people that, you know, do, have done it more than that, but I think that any time that I've had like small, just indication of me feeling off just a little bit i immediately start freak out and i start to just yeah. make an appointment immediately to try to get tested and i get it like in, in my case I, i'm i am um i'm trying to be as careful as i can but you know i have my daughter who doesn't live with me and they have their own circle my ex-wife and them um it doesn't live with me but i see her every day because you know mm-hmm. I, I i usually now now i see her after work every day for about a couple of hours until her mom picks her up and then I get her on my weekends, you know, from Friday to Monday and every Monday she's with me. Anyways, I see her pretty much every single day now. I mean, it helps that basically I live in the same development. So we're like a few houses away now. So nice. So that helps. So they have their own circle, you know, they have the neighbors with with whom they get together. So her, their best friend and, it's just a little bit uncomfortable that way because I don't know them. Like I know they have their own circle, but it's, I know they're trying to be careful, but at the same time, uh, I don't see anyone else. Like I'm, I'm kind of in, in that place where I, that, that is my bubble by extension, but it's not my bubble, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm exposed regardless. So there's a couple, there's been a couple of freak outs on like, a fifth or sixth degree person has gotten it and they've been in touch with them and then, you know, kind of chain reaction but luckily hasn't happened and it's been okay. Yeah. But it's always that, you know, that, that, that risk. Yeah. Um, My, um, Mary's side of the family, um, she doesn't have a a brother, but she has a a cousin that she grew up down the street from and, and they're the same age. So, 
basically her brother. Um, and he's, he's more, um, connected to like the Mexican side of their family. And, um, apparently like some of them have gotten it and they consistently have these large family meals and get togethers. I think they had like, they had like an 18 person Thanksgiving and stuff like this. Um, fortunately, you know, her cousin has, you know, skipped out on all that doesn't participate, but, um, it's just that, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of risks and even in your family, um, you, you know, you could be exposed just because they're your family. I guess what I'm trying to say is that doesn't mean that you're safe. Um, and I think that kind of makes it extra tragic if you think about it. Um, I'm going to pause here. It looks like I have some internet issues. I was, uh, yeah, trip definitely is not something I'm not even thinking about at all. Like I was like, before we got disconnected, I, the one I was talking about, um, at least I think if I'm able to see my parents because they all had it back in April. Like my parents, my uncle, you know, my aunt, my uncle, wow. like my cousins, all of them that live close by. It must have been scary. They all, yeah, they, all of them had it back in April. And my parents had the worst out of all of them. I think they were in bed for like two weeks. Almost a month it took them to get out of it. They just couldn't, mm. they just couldn't get better. You know, fortunately. Do they have those lingering symptoms that people talk about? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, it's just, you know, for that month and a little bit more that, that it lasted really. Yeah, there was... The worst part of it, the worst part of it was maybe three weeks and then they started to get better and then, you know, they feel normal now. You know, obviously it's almost been a year, but, you know, they keep, they, yeah. anytime they come to, to visit, they get tested anyway. They still have immunity. They still okay, but they get tested every time they come. And it's, at this point, it's kind of like, I'm, that's kind of my, my circle now and they don't really do anything and they've already had it. So mm-hmm. I feel more comfortable with it, but. I definitely, I didn't see them for like five months at the beginning. And, uh, Man. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, yeah, I have, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to get into that, but I, <laughs> I get pretty irritated at people who do travel and it's like, yes, of course I would love to travel Yeah, and yes, you know, maybe I could get away with it safely, but I just, don't want to take that risk seem to have lost you again oh no did i lose you again (sighs) welcome back yeah we're back after a long intermission (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I guess just behind the scenes, we, we had to cut the first part short. And so now this is, you know, happening a few days later, but, uh, we'll, we'll keep going from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how long it has been. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I remember I, we, um, so we were somewhere between, uh, Philadelphia cheesesteaks and, Oh, new yeah. job opportunities yep <laughs> um i've been actually and and the time that we haven't spoken or that since we last spoke about this i've actually been trying to convince my 
my girlfriend that the first thing that we should do when we're able to travel again is to try to see we drive down to Philadelphia and ah, you know cool. stay there for a couple of days and you know because she's actually from uh, southern New Jersey so she considers herself almost like a you know someone from Philadelphia really you know she's not from that part of Jersey she's Del spent some time where, there yeah where, you know where they, they're literally like 15 minutes and then Philly so the biggest so when they say the city they mean Philadelphia so that's how close <laughs> she is so yeah you know to me that's like completely crazy but <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's funny. Yeah. There's, um, like, there's a lot of stuff, uh, like larger, like shopping places. If you need to go to like a Best Buy or whatever, you can go to Cherry Hill, which is in New Jersey. And it's like just a 10 minute drive because, um, Philadelphia is, you know, All right, right yeah. along a river. And so basically you just cross over that river and then there's Jersey. Yeah, that's exactly where she is. So She's always talking about how much she loves Philadelphia and all the stories about Philadelphia. So I was like, oh, she might as well, you know, just go to Philadelphia. And, um, That's cool, yeah. Get some cheesesteaks. Um, I mean, I, I'm always like mm-hmm. I was saying, that we were speaking about it before, got to wait until those little markets open up because that's where I want to go. Like, I, I really don't feel... like she, he, she keeps telling me that we should really go to the really good, famous places. But I keep saying that, you know, I, I really just want to go to the market. And, um, yeah. But. Yeah, it's cool to see those little shops and whatnot, and I feel feel like I'm totally missing out. I'm getting like I'm not getting the full experience. I moved here, and then everything's been shut down. And I think I was I was just telling you earlier that they even I don't know how new it is because I wasn't here before, but it looked like they were just working on a brand new market, um, which is still closed down. So I don't get to see that right. one either. I was yeah. surprised because uh, they did some of that. There were some um, new places that were building, uh, commercial places that were building around my area, and they stopped completely. Like, obviously, it, it was a pandemic, so maybe they ran out of funds. Maybe they just didn't want to continue until things were safer. But then you see them, that new mall, American mall or whatever, and, mm-hmm. by you know, the, the, the by MetLife Stadium, and that's open. That's a completely new mall that is huge, apparently, and open. Oh wow! And they finished it in the pandemic, so yeah, I know, I, <laughs> like a new all American mall. Like I don't know where where is that famous uh, mall of America? It's in like Milwaukee or or I mean I don't know some something midwestern. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's all I know, and I, I think it's supposed to be something like that. So it has some type of indoor park, and it also has like an indoor water park, and it has a bunch of these other things, and it's literally in by the IZOT, you know, we, they used to have all those concerts and the, the auto shows and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So the Mall of America is in Bloomington, Minnesota. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought. Because I remember that, that I used to watch the show Eight Simple Rules with John Ritter. I don't think I've seen that. It's, uh, it, was, it was about his family. Like, he did one season, and then he died, and then they, they actually made him, the character, die in the show and this whole thing. But oh, it was wow. about him and his family. So they, they are in somewhere in the Midwest, and one of the daughters is played by um, Kelly Cuoco. Uh-huh. And she, all she does is talk about going to the Mall of America. So I always thought it was in the Midwest, because I know they're somewhere in the Midwest. But that's my <laughs> only reference to it. <laughs> yeah. I just I remember it in um 
what was that disaster movie the day after tomorrow or something they're like trekking across the ice and then they like fall through this glass and actually it was the mall of america that was just covered in snow and they didn't even see it and um yeah that's the main thing i i think of (laughs) i i i watched that movie i always thought that was some kind of museum when they fall that when when that happens i didn't realize it was the mall (laughs) yeah no there's like there's like little clothing stores and stuff around the side yeah <laughs> no that's interesting Crazy. so I mean, yeah I've been, I've been meaning to to i'm getting completely real but i was like i just reminded me i've been meaning to watch a, a lot of uh those old disaster movies i was i was also trying to show her you know my girlfriend again the difference between uh deep impact and armageddon yes <laughs> i was so i've i've recently well not like in the last year seen these because um around like midnight that just happens to be what's on like tnt or whatever <laughs> they're playing these like 90s 2000s disaster movies uh that was uh yeah, that was I a thing seen for a while I got rid of cable. yeah yeah well i have yeah, that I, I uh, rem- youtube tv oh oh fancy <laughs> I um I uh I remember when it came out and the first one that I saw was actually Deep Impact and I liked that movie a lot. I remember when I was when I was a kid. And then I watched mm-hmm. Armageddon, I don't know, like when I was already an adult, like twenty years later, whatever that was, and oh. I didn't realize it had actually come out at the same time. Like at, at the time I didn't realize that that, that was yeah, going on like as well. Back to back. Like competing studios and all that. So yeah. I wonder how that works. Do they have like spies and they're like, hey, Warner Brothers is doing this. We should do our own. Like, because surely you, for it to launch like months apart from each other, you would have to know because of the production time and all that. Um, yeah, it's kind of right. Kind of funny that how that happens. There's um Things come out in there's batches. Another sh- there's another show where that, that, that is kind of uh, made fun of. Like, there's another sitcom, and I forget. Like, my, my references and my knowledge about, you know, uh, culture, culture and things in general is come, yeah, it, it all comes from sitcoms. So <laughs> I remember there was a show, and I forget who the character was, but the, the, one of the main characters actually works at a movie studio. And the mm. whole thing is how they try to s- steal ideas from one another, and they oh, go and try to see, oh, my God, like this, whatever is making a movie about monkeys. And I remember, I think one of the, the plot lines was that they intentionally made the other studio believe they were making a movie about monkeys, and I forget what, and then the studio started developing that, and it was just a ruse. <laughs> and then um, you get Planet of the yeah. Apes. <laughs> the Tim Burton version. Oh my god, that'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think that was a bad movie, but hey, what else? What the plant, the new Planet of the Apes or the old one or what? No, you know I haven't seen the new trilogy, the one that I suppose. I loved the original one. I saw it as like a teenager. I I spent a lot of my summer breaks sitting in my basement watching Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> they played a yeah. lot of like classic Sci-Fi movies, and just the moment when you're like, oh, it's actually Earth, but they're in the future, and I was like, what? <laughs> See, I, ne- I never got that when I saw that as a kid. So this is, I, I've always, always, I was aware of it. At one point, I think they even did a TV show, t- t- TV show based on the, on the movies. But so I remember I like so. watching that when I was a kid, because mm. yeah, my dad loved those movies. So I would watch them. And I remember, you know, the, the, the twist and all that and Charlton Heston and, you know, the beach and all mm-hmm. that. 
but it didn't quite register in my head that that's what had happened. And I didn't learn, you know, until like much later when I was already grown up that you know, there's a time travel situation and I haven't seen it since. So I, I, I've seen those movies, you know, when I was a kid, so I know what they're about. Yeah. And now I understand the plot, but I haven't rewatched it. Yeah. So that, it's and that's and that's kind of that's kind of the whole thing but then i felt like i watched the new ones um in the theater when they came out i don't know if i saw the third one actually i kind of lost interest but um it was it was fun in the sense of like an action movie but that the i think really core to that movie or the story really is the plot twist and having already known that from the original, the, watching a newer version of it was just like nicer graphics or whatever, but um, didn't, didn't really stick with you because I had, you know, you already have that knowledge from seeing it before. I guess. I mean, I know they try to, like, I, I watched the Tim Burton remake and they tried to redo that and they kind of try to twist the twist a bit where, the, the twist is that he goes back, you know, Mark Wahlberg goes back and technically he goes back to the same time, but, mm-hmm. um, he's Wait, actually back in a different Tim Burton, reality. I thought you were joking. You mean Tim Burton actually directed that? Yeah. That's his what? movie. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, his wife is, you know, plays, uh, one of the main characters as always. Holy and then, shit. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, the whole thing is that, you know, he, he goes back, but then he goes back to, like, technically the same horizontal timeline, but he's in a different reality of it. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like a twist on the twist. And I thought it kind of was, eh, it was okay, but... Yeah, I remember one know, of the movies, it. They, they kind of explain, they go back to, like, when they first, like, the when the apes suddenly become sentient because they are experimenting yeah. on them and all that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, well... Anyway, you know... I mean, <laughs> I will, uh, I've, I've always meant to 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 watch the the new versions, but I never got to that. Yeah. So, uh, what else is new? Disaster. <laughs> More disaster <laughs> movies from the nineties. Let's move on from old movies. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, well, we can move on from uh, from old movies to old TV shows. The only reason why, because one of the podcasts that I've been enjoying the most. Especially in a pandemic time, is uh, the Scrubs rewatch podcast? Oh, really? I was just thinking, I yeah. kind of want to watch that again. So, so this is what happened to me. I used to love that show when I was growing up. You know, yeah. I watched it. I thought it was funny. I stopped watching when you know when they try to do the last season with a, a new characters and that. Like I didn't watch that. Like the core show, like I watched the whole thing, and I started to rewatch it. Like I don't know, two years ago. And I was I was dating someone else at the time. I was you know I was like oh, this is a really good show. We should watch it. Blah, blah. So I started watching it, and I started to realize how much of a dick JD is, and how in a, how much of an awful character he is. And I used to think he was cool. Oh no! And then uh, so I was like, and at one point I stopped watching it. You know, I, I I was single again. I moved again. I was going through a bunch of stuff, and then I stopped watching it. And now I started when there's um, the podcast came out last year. I started to listen to the podcast just out of curiosity, and I wasn't watching the show. And I was trying to, you know, the episodes I remembered watching them, like, you know, a few months before that. So I kind of remembered. So I started to watch, to, to listen. It was really entertaining, really. And then it was so entertaining that I started to re-watch it again so that I could be, oh. you know, do the episode. 
with with the episode from the podcast. But the thing about that is that they spend the podcast. The episodes are usually like at least an hour and a half, most of the time. Mm-hmm. They probably spend is it per episode? 20, yeah, per episode. Oh man, they, they spend probably twenty minutes out of that podcast actually talking about the episode. Everything else is like random things that happened the, the previous day, politics, health, oh, you know, pandemic stuff, so it's just other random. movies. It's so good, and because they have such a great relationship, the two of them, you know. Um, oh, you you actually you like that? Oh, okay, I was gonna say, it sounds like they need to cut it. Oh no, no, it's great, it's great because then and, and they bring like you know really big stars that were there, where you know guest stars back then in the show, and then they get into it. Like they they had Heather Graham there, there she was great. Huh. They had um, they had uh, uh, who was one of my favorite ones, but they they have like all, all the people that have been in the show all the time. And they have such a great relationship, you know, uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison, that it's just, they could talk about anything. It's just really funny, really entertaining. And it's completely uncensored, so it, it gets really interesting sometimes. Ah, cool. Yeah, uh, my wife is saying we should rewatch it. She's she's seen it multiple times over, but um, yeah. kind of in preparation for uh, residency someday, kind of like seeing it again through that lens um we actually um again just kind of channel surfing because we have youtube tv now and um caught a couple episodes of er and it's so funny like i remember that was like always on at night when i was a little kid and my mom liked it but i never really paid much attention and it was just kind of like it's kind of like law and order it was just almost like just always you know some something going on each night but um I was watching this, like, wow, this is good. But Mary <laughs> couldn't help but treat it like, <laughs> like a like a quiz show or something. Because the way the show is structured, it's like someone comes in on a stretcher, they're shouting out all of the person's symptoms and uh, you know, vital conditions and everything. And uh then they go through and they, they try a couple of things, plan of action, and then they figure out what's wrong with them. So they're shouting out everything that's wrong with this person and Mary's like, Oh, I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's a test question because all of her test questions are basically er episodes it'll be like a paragraph it'll be like patient reports with you know blah 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 symptoms they're this old uh they smoke two packs of cigarettes a day blah, blah blah they recently lost their job you know and then it's like multiple choice and it's like an er episode it's so funny <laughs> it's um i i've read that um some association that Somehow, the, the job that they have is to rate the accuracy of medical shows, huh. and actually, Scrubs came out on, like on top of all those because apparently it was one of the most accurate depictions of how actually medicine works and some of mm-hmm. the actual instances of what happens and some of the medical stuff. So you wouldn't think that, but apparently, that's one of the things that they're really proud of. Cause, yeah, interesting. I mean, it makes sense they had an actual doctor like. A, basically a full-time consultant that the whole time yeah um, and i heard that it also reflects the pecking order pretty well yeah they say yeah uh culturally like it's almost worse than the military in terms of strict hierarchy in a hospital and um the you know you have first year resident second year third year then you have you know, chief resident, then you have doctors and then there's administration, of course. And then you have the other staff like nursing and everything. 
and um, it's just this jungle with a strict pecking order. <laughs> <laughs> it must be crazy. I don't know if I, I will have the, the mentality to go through that. And you know, Mary must. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I don't know either. Like, I don't know how you deal with that. I also don't understand why this. It's. It's weird in a way if you think about it. Like, why does this culture still exist of being often like so vicious? Like, so it's a learning experience, and you're basically an intern. Um, you're you're a doctor. Right. You already have your MD by the point that you're a resident. But it's like it's like your first year on the job. And I just think of like when I was a new designer. Uh, my first design job ever. Mm-hmm. And I was like a junior information architect, they called me. And um, All right. um, I definitely, you know, made mistakes or had like shitty designs. And um, But I always got like feedback from the art director or my senior designers. And, but it was like, it was feedback. It was like, oh, hey, yeah, next time you know, the client isn't going to care about this. Just get straight to the point or next time, make sure you have annotations in your wireframes. And I don't know, it was just, (laughs) it felt like advice. And, and that was a good like learning experience. They weren't like shitting on me or like no creative director was like, Oh, the client asked to do all this stuff here. I'm going to let you do all of it while I go home, have fun. And I don't know, maybe there were some (laughs) agencies that had some shitty art directors that did that. But like, that's the experience for medical residency is like, they just dump everything on you because you're at the bottom of the totem pole. So you can do all the grunt work for them. And like, I, I mean, I, I see how it happens. I just, don't understand why it continues it seems antiquated <laughs> i don't know i i don't, I don't know I, at one point i did think about it like i wanted to, to do pediatrics you know oh yeah I, I, that's one of the first things that i wanted to do and then uh i remember that i gave up on the whole idea when i realized how crazy it would be to just do medical school and at the time i was just thinking that oh my god i really don't want to get into loans and no, I'm not going to put that button on my parents and all that stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do something else. Yeah. I just I wouldn't want to try that hard. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you have to constantly be like at the top of your game for years. And it's just like, yeah. I don't know. I kind of, I was usually an above average student. Um, and I kind of coasted through school doing reasonably well with minimal effort and that's kind of where i like things to be and like i'm sure if i tried (laughs) if i tried really hard maybe i could like get valedictorian but i was like "Eh, is it really worth it Uh, probably not (laughs) i i feel i felt kind of the same way and and when i was in school like i i think about it i was like if i really had tried like hard uh, you know would have been much 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 more um rewarding i think that because hmm. i feel like I, I wasn't you know i always felt that i was able to do really well but without even really trying hard mm-hmm. so i think that most people feel that way i think that it, yeah you hear these people that have like you go to like overnighters like every week and they just are studying all the time and i was like i, I don't know that was never me in in college yeah and i mean like but, looking back on it okay what if i had graduated top of the class with my spanish degree it wouldn't do anything for me now 
but it depends on what you go into, I guess. If you're doing medicine, then of course that would definitely be good. Yeah, right, right. I mean, we're talking <laughs> you know, the designers. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but yeah. um, you guys uh, talking about design and and health related stuff. I'm about to take my a new job now in the in the health space. This is something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time. And it's exciting. Kind of was, it was one of those things that, you know, I wasn't really like looking that hard. I was just looking at uh, I started to feel that maybe it was time for me to do something different. And, you know, I have been in finance basically for so long, because even when we were at, at an agency in New York, you work in finance most of the time anyway. Mm -hmm. so it felt like we've been in finance for such a long time. And then it was kind of like this opportunity popped up and I started to, to figure it out. And when I, when it looked like it was something that was possible, I was like, you know what? I've always said that this is what I want to do. You know, like every time mm. that someone asks me, Oh, what would you like to do eventually as a designer? I was like, Oh, you know, this is, I would like to do something in health. Yeah. I could help people. And yeah. stuff. Like that. And I was like, if I don't take that opportunity now, then might as well not give up on that idea. You know, like this is, mm -hmm. this is what I said that I would want to do always. So eh, might as well go with it. See what happens. That's awesome. Um, so I feel like um, health is so huge and broad. It's almost like saying government. And uh, there's a lot of things right. that you can do, you can contribute to, um, and you can, you know, you can improve the patient um, kind of experience. You could make a doctor's life easier by improving their software. There's, you know, even just the billing and the insurance and all that stuff. So can you describe a little bit about like, what's mm -hmm. the, uh, what's the concentration or who, whose life are you going to probably be impacting the most in terms of your users? So it's, it's interesting because that, that basically this is a company that didn't have a design presence up until probably mid last year. Hmm. Right. So every decision that was made all the software that they've created or the tools was based out of, it came directly from the developers. Right. So all those tools were developed that way, which we know how happens, those look. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. the, the concentration of the company is on disease prevention more than anything. So, hmm. and that, that could take a lot of different, you know, um, shapes. One would be, there's a lot of uh, tools and software that are used for testing and the ingestion of testing data. So you have, you know, labs submitting information and then you have software that doctors access to look at the test results or to, you know, uh, analyze test results. That's part of it. Other part of it is the software that is used to order the tests that are going to go to either labs or people's homes because people can actually go and order stuff like, you know, cancer screening tests, uh, kits, stuff like that. So the, the company will, there's a division of the company that handles that specific part. There's a division of the company that handles the experience that the pharmacies, you know, use. For example, they do COVID testing. So some pharmacies will use the this platforms from this company to mm. to process the testing, to schedule the tests, to process the results, and, and and that is just a variation of you know the different levels of it. So it could be about testing, it could be about analyzing results, it could be about uh, simply the the ordering, shipping, receiving of of, of the actual test kits. 
So it's just a, you know, it, it's really broad. And I'm not sure, I'm not completely understand. I haven't, obviously, because I haven't even started it. I don't understand everything that is that is being handled, that is possible. I know that, obviously, we're going to be redesigning some of those experiences that, we, that have, you know, have been there since since um, they started. And uh, I think that the main, what really drove me to make, to, 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 to make the decision is that the the actual goal of the company is to really try to prevent diseases and help people that way. Mm. So I think, you know, it's uh, something that really resonated with me. I saw it as an opportunity to actually feel like I could, you know, do some something that may actually bring, you know, some, some level of impact. And, and I think that it, it, it kind of, I, I feel that I could, be closer to actually making that impact myself as opposed to working through, you know, others and other, but what that will happen in other places. You can still kind of, even if you're working at a bank, you can still provide some type of impact to people, but you're kind of doing it through like a bunch of different layers and, yeah. you know, sometimes not working directly with people. So I think that this is an opportunity to actually do that. And yeah. So that's we'll great. See how that goes. Well, yeah. That's we'll really exciting. I, and I, I feel kind of similarly where I see, um, you know, design, design is a, a problem solving method and it's kind of like, what types of problems do you want to solve? You can, you know, help people make more money. You can help people get tennis shoes faster or whatever, or compare different glasses with augmented reality <laughs> like Warby Parker. Um, and not that that's bad, but it's kind of like, what is the most, you know, interesting and, or what do you, you know, personally connect with the most? And I think like more and more, I'm also connecting more with health probably because my wife is also, mm-hmm. you know, in healthcare. Um, the second other kind of category for me is education. I've always kind of had mm-hmm. some roots in education. That's sort of like the career that I didn't take. But um, if I can apply design to, you know, help people get a better education or something like that, that's another thing that really interests me. It's that and, and health. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and that, that is, uh, that is, I mean, it makes sense, but that is exactly where I was, you know, like that's the other field where I thought that I could, that I could be. And, you know, both of my parents are teachers, but were teachers, so they're, they're retired. Mm. So I always grew up, um, you know, with that in mind. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I used to think about, hey, um, I used to tell my dad, I want to I wanna be a teacher. And my dad would always tell me, no. I was like, no, you're not going to be a teacher. It's like, we <laughs> work really hard, we're underpaid, and no one gives a crap. Like, yeah. you get mistreated, and you're not going to be a teacher. I was like, why? He's like, no, you know, he, he didn't want me to be a teacher. Like, he told me from the beginning, you're not going to go to school to be a teacher, you're not going to be a teacher. But, you know, I still had an interest in, in, in the design industry. I've looked for opportunities to some, you know, there's some way to actually do some kind of teaching, you know, when you're trying to teach design within the organization and you're teaching design thinking to, to, to parts of the company that, you know, don't have exposure to design, you know, sales and stuff mm-hmm. and other places that could benefit from it. And I did speak to another place where, there was an emphasis. The company is all about scientific research. It's just both. It's education and it's health. So it was mm. kind of like one of those. It could have been a perfect opportunity. I think uh, just the circum- circumstances uh, just made it that my decision was to join this other one. But I, 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 that's what that's what I was looking to. I think there's a, 
there's some really great places where that that is uh, something that you can do as, as a designer. I think a lot of those companies like are trying to bring in teams to do that specifically. And like yeah. you mentioned Warby Parker, like I talked to them that they're looking for, you know, to start a design effort hmm. that way. I mean, they already have one, but they're trying to expand it. So yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting time. I yeah. think now that with the pandemic and everything, you know, the pandemic's giving people like a, a bit more of a different perspective when it comes to the value of, of design for, given the fact that uh, so much stuff is is taking place from home and you're trying to limit the in-person interactions and phone even phone interactions uh you know you try to have as, as many as little as possible so a lot of these places are, uh, are trying to develop tools for people to be able to do all these things at home so i think it's just naturally an and evolution of yeah it's creating an opportunity of like Exactly. It's opening up, you know, a different type of education, different type of medicine uh, that can come into your home, which is going to require technology, of course. But then I, I feel the op, not the opposite, but I mean, the uh, the other direction is also happening a lot where being at home, um, I'm more open to opportunities where, for example, back in the day um, when I was working at the office, um, a colleague of mine who you also know, uh, Kristen Kirsch was teaching at Parsons and invited me yeah. to, um, co-teach with her. And I had a lot of fun kind of doing this intro to UX course at Parsons. And it was after work, like six o'clock or whatever, six to nine, um, once or twice a week. I don't remember anymore. Um, and it was it was fun, but there were definitely some days where it's like, oh man, I just want to go home, like it's late, and <laughs> or I don't want to stay out that late, and you know, I'll, just excuses basically, kind of like avoiding going to the gym. But when there's no physical <laughs> space anymore, it's like I recently said yes to some people asking me to come and talk to their classes over Zoom because they're like, eh, what the hell? It's just I, I'm sitting at my desk anyway, I just dial into Zoom and and uh have a little keynote prepared maybe but um and that has actually led me to take a part-time job um kind of like a weekend thing where uh i'm going to be teaching ux uh, but it's a certificate course and it's uh all day on sundays for five weeks and um i even get paid for it (laughs) that sounds great (laughs) yeah but it's just, you know, that's the sort of thing that like, yeah, that sounds like kind of, but I probably would have never said yes to that back in the old working world where it's like, well, I don't know. Do I want to commit to this? Like, do I want to, you know, get on the train and go out to this classroom on Sundays and spend my weekend, you know, out, but when it's just in another bedroom in my house, then sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh I guess uh, that's it's it's interesting to see that where your your head is be- in, in terms of opportunities. I think um, I've um, I have a new appreciation for being in person and being able to have the time to to interact with people in person. I feel mm-hmm. so. For, what I mean, for example, I used to be absolutely you know happy to work from home as much as I could, as much as possible, and. Granted, I have a crappy commute and all that. Yeah, of course. But 
now that I've been, you know, looking at at, the, at, the, at these opportunities, one of the things that I've been like, oh, is there going to be an opportunity to go back to the office at least, you know, a, a few times a week once things are normal? And, and if the opportunity was like, no, this is going to be fully remote, I was like, uh, no, that's not what I want to do. Which is yeah. kind of crazy because I, I would have killed for that two years ago. You know? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Now that you have it all the time, you kind of want that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I worked from home before. Like, I worked for another company for two years from home, and, and it was great. I think, it, you know, I could do everything. I mean, it has the great advantages. I think that, um, I mean, like you, you mentioned, like, going to the gym, and that was something that I would, I would try to fit, you know, in, in the middle of my commute on the way back from, from New York. I would stop in, like, Hoboken and go to a gym in Hoboken, you know, and yeah. then take the train again and keep going, and it would just take me so long. I mean, now, like, slowly in the pandemic, I built my own gym at home. Basically, I have no excuses. So, <laughs> yeah. So it has, it, has, it has really, you know, great advantages of it, everything. I, I really don't need to leave my house for anything. Food gets delivered, groceries are delivered, everything. Is, right. I know, just had my groceries my... delivered this afternoon. <laughs> there you go. See, so it's just, uh, it's kind of, I guess at that point, it becomes like, if it really just becomes a permanent situation, then you're definitely going to miss all the other stuff that you're not going to get. So, um, yeah, so I, mean, I, I think know, a lot of the other companies are, you know, I def, I def, no, I was just going to add to that, that I, I agree. Like I miss sort of the office interaction. Um, basically, I don't know, maybe it's too reductionist, but if I boil it down, really a lot of the, quality bonding time was really the venting where you would get together with colleagues either at lunch or after work over beers and uh, you would kind of be like um yeah man this project right or oh my gosh why can't you know leadership appreciate you know the stuff that we're trying to do and um a lot of that camaraderie building and um so that is something that i definitely am feeling as I work remotely, um, a little bit more isolated in the sense of yeah. like frustration with work and not being able to express that because the only time you interact is if there's like a meeting and you don't want to just set up a meeting to bitch. Um, we do <laughs> sometimes have a happy hour or whatnot, but, um, yeah. it happens far less. Whereas that was much more organic back in the day where, um, you know, you just grab food together or whatever, talk about what's going on in the project and, um, not, it sounds, it sounds negative to like <laughs> frequently have something bit. to complain about, but I think it's also like mentally healthy to like let it out and also hear that other people are experiencing the same frustration. Like you're not the only one. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I, um, I feel like. It's 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 uh it's a missing piece when you when that no longer happens, you know. Yeah, um, and there, there's of course other positive things. Like I really like the random kind of design. We called them share outs, but just you know where all the designers get together and you could talk about something totally outside of work and just kind of hang out and talk about what interests you. That's always fun. Um, right. I think the. I mean, right now I don't really go out ever because of the pandemic, but let's, if, if it was regular remote work and there were no pandemic, like let's fast forward another year or so. Really, I imagine 
it could be nice to go into the office. I might like more of a split time thing where I go into the office a couple times a week. Right. Um, yeah. But if not, I would say, although I miss out on an office, I can refocus my physical, I guess, um, time into pure enjoyment, like just my friends. So maybe imagine, imagine a world where like you're in New York city or Philadelphia, some sort of city, right. And everyone is just at home all day. Right. And they're at work. And then five o'clock rolls around and you're like, yes, I'm done with work. Close the laptops. (laughs) Everyone goes out to like hang out and meet up in person. And now like the, the leaving the house and, and spending time or whatever is purely for your own enjoyment. Um, or maybe you work for a month from Mexico. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I get that. I think, uh, I, I, and not that I've ever had an issue with being in the suburbs and being away from people, but obviously that was because also I would spend a lot of the time in the city. And then, you know, that's what I would see my friends. You, know, you hang out with you guys and, and go out after work for a mm-hmm. bit. But I feel that that's kind of what wouldn't happen, obviously, because now, for example, like I haven't built any type of community here where, where I live now because I, I bought this house in November of 2019. So uh, mm-hmm. the whole time that I was, you know, between when I moved and, and February, March was make, getting adapted to the, you know, the commute. I was always, you know, working most of the time. I didn't know anything. I drove around a few times trying to find places to see. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit. And so you're I in a suburb. You know, Right, just right. to I didn't meet anyone. explain for someone who doesn't know, you you oh, yeah. you, of, you often worked in the city, you lived in right. Queens for a little bit, and and now you're currently right. in a suburb. Okay, right. So I'm about forty minutes out of the city of New York and New Jersey, and mm-hmm. I didn't build any type of community here. Like obviously now, you cannot even really even interact with your neighbors or anything like that. So I didn't yeah. even get to that point, and so I feel that if I'm working from home now full time and I'm not going to have that office interaction anymore Then my social interaction is going to have to come from a different place. And I think that's, that's a little, a little bit scary, you know, Mm. but, um, being away from everyone so far. (laughs) So wait, maybe I missed that. You said you, you feel like you're more away from people because of where you're physically located. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think that now, because I didn't, I feel like, basically I feel like I didn't have time to build a, a, um, you know, any relationships Mm. around where I live now before the pandemic hit. Yeah. I think, so it's weird having, so I've spent half the pandemic in Brooklyn and half in Philly now, now basically where, um, we moved in July and although it is another city, I because I definitely wanted to move to another city. I couldn't, you know, do the suburb life really because I'm just addicted to cities. But um, <laughs> even though it's Philadelphia, it's it's all shut down, and so I have no community, right. no interaction with anything here. Um, of course, there's a lot to see. You can walk around and see the historical sites, but I don't know any restaurants. I don't know any people here and nor do I have any opportunity really to meet them. Um, in Brooklyn, although things were shut down, it just felt like 
home like i knew i don't know like i had more of an attachment to the businesses and the restaurants around um even though i might order delivery i'd be ordering delivery from like my favorite place where i knew the people and i would leave a huge tip um here i don't have that really connection um so i guess that's like the main difference in terms of having built the connections versus going somewhere where i don't have the connections but all right I was going to say that maybe since everyone is remote, it's kind of like this great equalizer where um, I have, I connect with my friends now online a lot. Um, We're recording this uh, through Discord, for example. So I use Discord a lot to hang out with people um, and just kind of, you know, chat about different stuff or maybe we'll, we'll play games online. Um, some more people are getting Nintendos. We can play Mario Kart together. Oh, yeah, yep. And like that stuff just didn't really happen in the past. Um, you kind of had your physical uh, bubble of you would go to the office, maybe you'd have drinks, you'd go home, you'd have dinner sure. or whatever. But you, you wouldn't then like hop online and do another social activity. But now I'm kind of connecting a little bit more in a way. Yeah. I mean, I can, I, I guess that, that makes sense. And really thinking about it most places are going to go that way anyway like i wish like two days ago we saw spotify is going to have everyone work from home forever now oh like really i didn't wants. see that yeah they basically it came out that they're gonna let people work from anywhere oh and i'm sure there'll be some requirements in terms of going to the office from time to time or whatever yeah. it is but the, the the headline was you know spotify is going to let people work from anywhere after, even oh, after the pandemic when when was that i didn't see that i saw that two days ago i think okay it's really frustrating, by the way. Um, speaking of like looking at new opportunities, I was trying to see if I could get in on any of like Amazon's health stuff, and yeah, they are so insistent on working in the office. Everyone that I talked to, so this is probably a longer story about like how internal transfers work. But long story short, is that generally they they tell you it varies team to team in terms of the working expectations. But the general rule is going back to the offices in July. And when I talked to different teams, um, just to see if I could transfer and, uh, you know, work on something different there, they're all like, Oh yeah, this is going to be in Seattle. Are you open to relocating? And I'm like, no, I'm just going to work on the internet, man. <laughs> like everyone else is. Um, and it's just kind of so weird how they're so conservative while all these other tech companies are more and more moving to remote. And I'm not saying remote is the best way to work, but I think that having been through this, everyone going through this, everyone should at least have a hybrid model where you can be like, all right, yeah. let's, let's go in, you know, these days, or let's have a, monthly get together or something i don't know i mean i would think uh some some uh companies will realize that they're even going to be saving money when they they didn't think they could function this way now they can so why have a big place for you know ten thousand people where you could have a smaller place for 500 where people can just go in and out when they need to yeah that's what they're doing in the audible offices they're ripping out all the desks and um i haven't seen it or anything but i get updates about how they're transforming the building space they're keeping the building so they still pay rent i guess but they are 
taken out the desks, no one is going to have their own assigned desk anymore, and it'll just all be right. collab spaces, hangout spaces, stuff like that. And it'll be yeah. um, optional, where you don't go in for your regular day-to-day work, but you do go in if there's a big meeting, if there's a team event, or whatever. Yeah. July seems crazy, though, now that you said that. Am I, you know, where I, yeah. I, I said I'm currently in a Capital One, they 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 told us about a month ago they said not before september hmm. i'm pretty skeptical too of july like i'm hoping maybe i'll get a vaccine by july but even then you're not going to have that herd immunity level I right don't i don't know yeah so that's the other that's the other thing i don't know when you know we'll be able to get that Right. I did read an article that said that 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 could change in the next couple of months because you know the supply is going to change and we're going to be able to actually get it. But that seems right. a bit crazy. My dad just got it last week. My mom is not oh, able cool. to get it yet. My mother-in-law got it, but my parents are in Mexico, where they do not have it. Right. <laughs> so that sucks. <laughs> That's we'll see. I don't e- I don't even know see. know what uh what vaccine Mexico would have or like right. who they're buying it from. I saw this interesting story on BBC about how Cuba of all places like no no disrespect to Cuba but like you don't think of them as particularly scientifically advanced but apparently they've invested a ton into medical science and biohealth and all this stuff um and they are producing their own vaccine for Latin America, basically. One of the things uh, yeah. Castro had advocated for back before he died was like, Cuba needs to be self-sufficient in certain ways. And uh, so they invested heavily in like pharmaceuticals. <laughs> I, I had no idea. You just see all these really old cars driving around and you're like, wait, what? They're going to come up with their own COVID vaccine? No, Cuba has actually been... And, um they know um as a really high end level of um in, in terms of medicine for uh, as long as i can remember like and it might be just a different perspective you know mm. I, I i i was born in ecuador so i grew up my first 13 years where you know i spent in south america and for 14 mm-hmm. and and the thing that you know about cuba when you talk about cuba other than you know castro and and that stuff at the time is the fact that they are actually a very, um, they, they, there's a really advanced level of medicine there. And, and that's that's why in South America that, that you mm-hmm. get. So, for example, they when they bring, you know, doctors from Cuba, that, because they're bringing specialists that you wouldn't be able to find in other places. So I had a different perspective completely from, oh, from wow. Cuba. So, I had never heard any yeah. of that. Yeah. Growing That's up in America, yeah. they always tell you, of course, that America's the best and most advanced. And so <laughs> they and and the only things you hear about Cuba are that, well, they're, you know, cut off from the modern world and they're kind of living in this time capsule driving nineteen sixties cars and all that. <laughs> <laughs> that that all comes from uh, from all the movies and in yeah. all those movies that are actually filmed in Puerto Rico because you can't film in Cuba. Well, you couldn't. <laughs> now you can. Right. Yeah. <laughs> interesting so yeah anyway i don't know what mex what effects if mexico has their own vaccine maybe if they're going to get it from cuba um 
Maybe. But hopefully my parents can get it like sometime by this summer. It's the main downside. Like it's been great for them having retired there. They love it. Um, the climate, of course, the, um, yeah. just their money going further. But, uh, when it comes to something like this, it's kind of scary because they haven't been accurately reporting their numbers per se. And, uh, not everyone is being as strict about it as other countries. Although you can't compare the U S to any of that. <laughs> the U S is pretty terrible about <laughs> we, following we guidelines. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I saw something like, I don't remember how much of the world population we are, but we have 25% of the cases, which is like, that should not be. (laughs) (laughs) I saw someone say, um, the United States, uh, the Florida of the rest of the world. (laughs) I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, exactly. That checks out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, this is a crazy thing. Things are just insane everywhere. I think, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's going to take, I don't, I don't see how we ever going to really go back to like what we used to call normal, even after everyone's, you know, herd immunity and everyone's vaccinated. And, you know, this is not, this is a thing of the past. I don't see things going back. Like, I think this is going to be, no. everyone's going to just be more careful about it. Like everyone's going to have masks on the train most of the time. I think it's just going to be kind of like, yeah, more, more like, um, I don't know if it's, 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 it's wrong my assumption, but more kind of, you know, how a bit more like Japanese kind of society. And this is where that is something that's taken account all the time. So that's why yeah. they wear masks all the time. I mentioned that to someone uh, else about how in New York city, of course, you have so many different cultures mixing together and you, you would occasionally see someone wearing a mask on the train and they were always, um, you know, some sort of Asian ethnicity because they have more that you know just cultural background of having grown up yeah being told if you're sick wear a mask and it makes total sense but for whatever reason you know we never did and we thought that that was kind of strange and i wonder if that will become the norm it's Um, funny because uh when you say that when you used to see people that on the train for example the first instinct in your head is like oh no i don't want to be near this person because they're probably sick but mm-hmm. in reality, it's probably no. They're actually pr- probably trying not to get sick by all of us who are not wearing these things. Yeah. So, That's true. But I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I try to think of the... I kind of fantasize about like this... It's almost like science fiction about like an alternate world where in the future we're more flexible like with remote work we were talking about. And, you know, does that mean maybe we have kind of a hybrid vacation policy where like maybe I can work for a month from somewhere else and like take, take a week vacation, but then also do like a month's worth of work or whatever. Or, um, I wonder, you know, what are the positives? What are the kind of like highlights that you could have? Um, right. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see how that happens. I mean, it's a long way still. I'm just uh, looking yeah. forward to being able to go to, you know, concerts again at one point and Yeah. Um, there's gonna be basketball games. Well, I don't know. I expect there's gonna be a huge demand, but at the same time it's like our maybe people will trickle in, maybe they'll be afraid of it. I don't know. I don't know. I guess it depends where. Like I think people will take a little time in some places and other places they're gonna just go right back into it. Yeah. Just, um, 
hopefully things will happen soon and uh you know things will start getting back to some kind of normal in some way yeah but like every conversation every i think uh, every conversation that i have lately kind of ends on that same note you know like hopefully uh, we get back to normal <laughs> hopefully we get back to normal <laughs> yeah it's i i still can't process it in the sense that like it felt like felt like a storm where like you know you have like a polar vortex and there's this big blizzard and at first it was this kind of like scary exciting in in the way that like like there's a kind of a maybe it's more of an adrenaline thrill of like oh there's a hurricane and it's gonna hit the city and the streets are gonna flood but we'll be fine you know but you know it'll be like interesting to watch and then there and then there's like a stage where it's not fine (laughs) Um, they're like, oh shit, actually people are dying. And, and then you think, okay, well, but this is temporary. Like, like this can't go on. Of course that would never happen. And then the fact that it does sustain itself and it's just like, it's just this weird, like, I don't know. It just feels like something is wrong. Like this is something you see in a movie or you hear about in history, like the plague or whatever, but like those things don't happen to me and it, it just still doesn't click yeah. some sometimes. I mean, just thinking about the fact that it's almost, it's uh, a couple of weeks away from being a, a year since I started working from home, you know? Wow. Yeah. Just that's one year. So true. Crazy. Yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> oh, on that note, <laughs> we can wrap things up. I think we've been talking for a while. Yeah, I think it's interesting now. I go watch that uh, Tim Burton movie. I think we started with. Yeah. With oh, speaking of podcasts, um, I have a podcast recommendation to plug. Um, it's called a seventy-seven or seventy millimeter, um, and it is a which is 70mm if you're searching for it and basically they watch older movies and um talk about it from kind of a film buff point of view and this is one of those shows that i admit i don't listen to all the episodes um because it's so topical i kind of pick and choose which ones i want to hear so um They, you know, you can go through their list of episodes and see what kind of movies they have. Like um, Seven Samurai, for example, was a, this great classic uh, Japanese movie that I watched a few years ago. So I listened to the episode right. about that to hear what they had to say. Um, but they've got all kinds of stuff. And it's not old, old, like Seven Samurai is from the 50s, but they have Pan's Labyrinth from 2006. Oh, actually, there's a double feature episode, Armageddon plus Deep Impact. There you go. Just there we for go. you. <laughs> Full circle. So, uh, ooh, Independence Day. So, yeah. No, and they, okay. um, there's like four four people that um, just talk about what they liked about it, what they didn't like about it. And then they'll kind of sprinkle in some, you know, factoids. Maybe you hadn't, you'd never heard about this kind of behind the scenes stuff. So that's pretty cool. No, that, that's something that that's I'm my, uh, definitely interested yeah. to check out. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's good to catch up with you. Maybe we can do another one someday. Um, maybe something a little more like topic focused. Um, yeah. <laughs> doesn't have to be all COVID-y. 
doom and gloom. I mean, we hit on some interesting yeah. topics, but you know, like I think, um, yeah. But I think I think we've touched COVID enough now, so we could we could definitely yeah. focus on something else. <laughs> Moved on. You um, you've been playing any games lately? Me. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I've been playing, I usually play FIFA, and and now we just literally just got a Switch, like now, like a couple of weeks ago, so. <sighs> I mean, I've been playing uh, the old Super Mario World, you know, from Super Nintendo. Awesome. Yeah, because yeah. it includes that stuff, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, we got to see, you know, we want to get Mario Kart, and uh, I want to get the bundle with, like, Mario 64 and all the 3D Marios. and Yeah, yeah. yeah. Know, we'll get into that. Cool. All right. Well, you'll have to add me on there. We can do Mario Kart and stuff online. Will do. Well, as right. always, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, good talking to you. Until next Thanks time. Thanks for having me. Bye. See ya.